What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Nuggets get a win to start. Yeah, I know, Marty. I, somebody messed with my camera yesterday, and it feels like I'm in the upside down world. If you guys are watching on Twitch, I just got... Um, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm all slanted. It's fine. I'll fix it later. Radio is more important, so here we go. Um, Nuggets with a big win yesterday. As I loved a lot of things from that game. And I hated a lot of things from that game. It's really a mixed bag. Uh, Starting with Nikola Jokic. Who was great. He was exactly who we wanted Nikola Jokic to be. In 35 minutes, 27 points, 13 boards. Only two assists. But... Uh, very, very productive. He ended that game at a plus 28. A plus 28 was Nikola Jokic. And really, everybody in the starting five, with the exception of maybe Monte, Monte was just okay. Everybody in that starting five was really good. And then most everybody on that bench was awful. Jeff Green hit a few threes. P.J. Dozier, I thought, played well. Uh, Faku didn't get any points, but I thought he played tough defense on Chris Paul. You just didn't have any juice coming off that bench. And that's going to be probably a consistent problem throughout the course of the year. Now, we'll spend more time on this later. I don't know how much, but Bones Highland did not play. I can't lie to you and say, "Mm, I'm surprised by that because I'm not. Even with Michael Malone saying, oh, this guy's earned minutes, he's going to play, I didn't think he was going to get 15 to 20 right off the bat. And they went with Austin Rivers early, and Austin Rivers did not work. Very clearly did not work. So maybe Would this you have changes. rather seen those eight minutes Austin Rivers got go to Bones? Of course, yes. Because I want you need scoring on that bench unit. He can score. Now, maybe Malone, much like he did with Michael Porter Jr., uh, thinks defense is a problem right now early in his career, which it probably is. Like, let's be honest. I don't think that Bones Highland is stopping many people defensively. But if you're just looking for somebody to put up points, he can do that. The best things to come out of that game yesterday, for me, very simple. Michael Porter Jr., in a game which he scores 15 points, I don't care. You might want him to take more than 10 shots. I would tend to agree with you. But guess what? He played a complete basketball game. He did everything. 
He finished with 15, six boards, five assists, and two steals. He took guys off the dribble. Obviously, he hit his shots, right? Knocked down a couple of threes. Really tough mid-range fallaway jumpers he, were, he was knocking down. But for me, it was recognizing the passing lanes, a couple of really nice dimes to Nikola Jokic down low, playing good defense. He's never going to be all-world. I've, I've accepted that. I think you should too. He's never going to be an all-world player. But as long as he gets out there and that six foot ten frame starts contesting shots, that's all you really need. And that's why you saw a lot of these guys didn't go crazy. Devin Booker was three of fifteen. You played him as well defensively as you possibly could. Jay Crowder was 0 for 5. All five shots from three. I think he fell down once. So you know what? Good for Jay. Although. Aaron Gordon still felt like Jay Crowder was flopping too much. And that's where the double tech came from. He gives him a little shove, and then they get face-to-face because Gordon was calling out Jay Crowder, saying, stop being a wuss, and actually take some contact. Which, speaking of Aaron Gordon, that's the other nice thing from last night. Aaron Gordon was great. Again, for a guy finished with 12 points, don't get caught up in the box score stuff. Aaron Gordon was great yesterday. If that's how he's going to play after getting this contract extension, sign me up. I think that ball he swatted from Devin Booker just landed right now. It just finally landed. I mean, what what he does on that defensive side, I mean, that's where, look, Jay Crowder, 0 for 5 from the field. A lot of that has to do with Gordon. Gordon was switching on multiple guys. There was times he was guarding Booker. He was guarding uh, Chris Paul. Who's five of six from the field. Took shots when they were open to him. Grabbed rebounds. Had eight of them. Four assists. I love the game that he brought. So like I said, there was a lot of good yesterday. I still am very, very nervous for the bench. As somebody on Twitch points out, Zero minutes for Zeke Naji, along with zero minutes for Bones Highland. I mean, their bench really, after that first initial stint from Austin Rivers, was a nine-man rotation. It was your starting five, and then it was the Greens, Faku, and P.J. Dozier. And P.J. is somebody they missed. I've said this before. He brings this sort of Tory Craig kind of game where he can get you a few points. He's not going to go off for 25, but he can get you a few points, but it's more about effort, defense, length. That's what he brings to the table. Now, he was 3 of 4 from 3 last night, so he can knock down some shots. But in the first game of the year, you hold the Phoenix Suns on the road in Phoenix to 98 points. You hold them under 100. That's good work. And it's probably something that Mike Malone loves. I haven't looked at the cut sheets I tried to watch a little bit of the post game, but it was late. Um, Michael Malone, let's just go cut one. Most impressive part of the comeback. Here's the coach. Your defense. You know, um, I felt for three quarters we played at an extremely high level. Uh, that second quarter, obviously, was the, uh, uh, the quarter we all like to forget. But in that second half, to your point, not only did we hold them to 40 points, but only 35% from the field and 33 from three. Um, the turnovers were an issue, obviously, but, uh, and then the fourth quarter defense, you know, I co- told our guys in the huddle, 
you know, our goal is to keep them under 20 points in the fourth quarter. That's where your defense has to be at its best. And we held them to 16 points. So, you know, to come in here to open the season uh, against a very good basketball team, tough place to play. Uh, really, really proud of our guys. You know, we responded after the half, after a very disappointing second quarter. And uh, that's what you like to see. When the bench unit came in, Marty, and they gave up that lead, and not just gave it up, they started getting their asses kicked. And then the starting five couldn't really rebound until, you know, at the end, of, I think the end of the first half, they went on an 8-0 run to close that out, which closed the gap a little bit. We were all kind of thinking the same thing. It's like, okay, just a repeat of last year, no Jamal Murray, now Phoenix takes off and just starts to uh, control this game, and that's not the case. Second half, you got the offense rolling, and you played really good defense, as Mike Malone just mentioned. You won a third quarter. You so won is, a third quarter. Is that this? It, second quarter is going to be the bad one this year? I hope not. I hope it doesn't look like that. I mean, the bench unit needs to figure it out in a hurry. I'll take the second over the third quarter being the bad one. Yeah. Uh, 303-504-0925. If you guys want to give us a call. Again, we're giving away Nuggets tickets all week. We've done it yesterday and Tuesday. Uh, those were for the opening night game on Friday. Now we're going to give away uh, all day today and tomorrow tickets to Nuggets and Cavs for Monday night. So stay tuned for that. 303-504-0925. You want to give us a call. Recapping the Nuggets. Previewing the Broncos who play tonight. Previewing the Avs who play tonight. A whole bunch to get to this morning. Stick around. Went for the Nuggets yesterday and tonight. Broncos, Browns. Thursday night football. Uh, so that is, at least for what you can hear on Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Once that game gets done, Andy Lindahl is going to be jumping on doing the No Huddle Post Game Show. An hour commercial free. Your text, your calls. Uh, it's presented by Man Therapy. So, in, you know, in this case, you might need some man therapy for how things have been going for the Broncos, but it's amazing. The shift mentally that I've made between the beginning of the week and today. The Broncos, after coming off of the third consecutive loss, as we're doing the show on Monday... I think Vic was the one who said it. It's a three and three football team that feels like the season's over. The season's not over. You're 500 six weeks in. You have just as good a shot as anybody in the NFL. But it just feels like it's over. And you think about Cleveland, who's also three and three, but their loss is a little bit different. They lost a very, very close game to Kansas City. Or, I'm sorry, to uh, Cleveland? Jesus. <laughs> Let's try this again. One more time. Lost a very, very close game to the Chargers. Nice. 47-42. They also lost to Cleveland. Then they lost to Cleveland this past weekend. <clears throat> Here's what I'm getting at. This team feels better than 3-3. Three and three. The Broncos feel worse than 3-3. Three and three. And I thought there's no way on a short week you could go into Cleveland and win this football game. And then you had Baker hurt. You had Kareem Hunt hurt. You had Nick Chubb hurt. You saw that Odell Beckham might not play. They're starting offensive tackles. Like we talked to Jeff Risden of Browns Wire uh, on USA Today. He joined us yesterday. Listen to the MASH unit that he talked about is the Cleveland Browns right now. 
Uh, it's it's very much up in the air. They had 20 players, um, 18 of them starters, who were on the injury list yesterday uh, for wow. this game. Uh, that does not include Kareem Hunt and Jarvis Landry, who are both still on IR. Uh, Kareem went this week. It's a mash unit, man. It, in fact, it's beyond that. I've not seen a team with this many players of that significance who are either going to miss a game or are going to be questionable to miss this game. If you name a Browns player, they're hurt. 18 starting players for the Browns are on the injury report. Some of them already being ruled out. As we heard yesterday, Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, is going to be playing in his place. They're running back. Ernest Johnson is going to be starting because both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are out. This from James Palmer this morning. We talked about the offensive tackles, Jedrick Wills and Jack Conklin. James Palmer said at 5 a.m. this morning, tackle update in Cleveland. Jedrick Wills is expected to return to the lineup tonight, but Jack Conklin, the right tackle, won't be able to go. And guess which side Von Miller rushes on? He goes against that right tackle. So they're out the right tackle. There's two starting running backs. They're starting quarterback. One of their wide receivers. Odell Beckham is questionable. Maybe two wide receivers. Jeff Risden, that's in that answer. If we continued it, you don't have to, Marty. But if you continued it, he said four of their five top corners are questionable for tonight's game. This is all of a sudden turned into a game that I didn't think you really had a chance to win to a game that I think you should. Now, this is all kind of dependent on the Broncos. This isn't about the Browns anymore. This is about Denver. Can you take care of your own stuff? This game is get back to the blueprint and do what works best. Play good defense. Run the football. Keep time of possession. Don't make dumb mistakes by turning the ball over. Don't make dumb mistakes by having stupid penalties. All this stuff shifted over the last three weeks. You had four turnovers last week. The game prior to that, you had stupid penalties. Remember, the personal foul on a field goal that turned into a touchdown against Pittsburgh. That's the little stuff that is going to lose the Broncos football games. But for tonight... This should be a game that you win. And I'm putting should in italics, bold, underlined, everything. Put five exclamation points behind it. I don't think you could have been dealt a better hand than what you're going to face tonight. You're out a couple linebackers. Big deal. As long as Teddy can go, I guess. I mean, Teddy's the big question mark in all of this. Is that what you were going to ask? We don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. You know what, though, Marty? I hate to put it this way. Like, when we talked to um, Jeff Risden yesterday about the difference between, because he joined us literally minutes after it was announced that Baker Mayfield wasn't going to play. The drop-off between Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum is what? Like, we know that Baker's better, but to what extent? And Risden said that Case Keenum's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league, and I totally believe that. There's going to be a drop-off. How drastic is it? If I ask that same question with Teddy and Drew, what's your answer? 
is the gap between Baker and Case farther than the gap between Teddy and Drew? I would say the gap is bigger between Case and Baker. As would I. So if we're just tipping the balance scales here, like if that's the only injury that came down, then yes, I I think that Cleveland still wins this football game. Like if you told me it's a game of everybody's healthy with the exception of the two starting quarterbacks on each side, I still think Cleveland wins. But that's not what happens. All right, but if Drew is starting, you're taking the bold and italicis away from your should, right? As in should win? I don't think I would. And You'd keep it? I don't three. Here's the reason why this doesn't have anything to do with Drew Locke. How do the Broncos win football games this year? What was their plan? Their plan was to beat the snot out of people defensively. Cleveland's out there starting quarterback, two starting running backs, starting wide receiver, at least one in the right tackle. This should be the game you hope for. This is where all that money you spent on the defensive side of the football and your defensive-minded guru of a head coach should be able to dial up a game plan to hold this team to 13 points. Marty, this defense should treat this Browns offense as if they are the Jets, the Jags, or the Giants. This offense is so much closer to those first three teams of the year than it was the previous three games. That's what I'm talking about. So, yes, would I feel better if it's with Teddy as opposed to Drew? Of course I would. But I don't think that game's about that. The question now is, if Drew Locke goes, which we don't know, but if Drew Locke goes, can he put up 20 points? Their their average game this year, because if they can, I think if they score 20, they win this football game. That's how it should go. Like, this defense, in the way that they're built, has zero excuse to not dominate this game. Zero. Like, I'm looking at the betting odds right now. So, it's dropped down. It was uh, yesterday. Before the Baker injury, it was three to three and a half points, depending on where you looked. It's dropped down to two points in favor of the Browns. The over-under right now is 40 and a half. Nobody thinks points are going to get scored. And for good reason. They shouldn't. Not because of a good defense, just because of bad offense. Well, I mean, at least on the def- the the Broncos side of things, it should be a combination of the two. And you know what? On the Cleveland side of things, too, it's a combination of the two. Cleveland's defense, if they get some of their guys still playing tonight, especially their corners, they should be thinking the same thing. But you've built this entire team around... If you face offenses like this, like if I strip away the Browns lore this year and the sort of pub that they've gotten, Marty, and I said you're playing the Texans and the Texans are are throwing out the starting lineup of the Browns, do you expect the Broncos to win that game? Do you expect expect the defense to absolutely demolish that team? Yes. That offense is going to resemble a preseason week three type of football team. So, no, I'm not shifting those expectations because this isn't about offense to me. It's about defense, and and I know people hate to hear that. They want the offense to play better. Well, tough. It's not how the team's built. This is a game that the defense should win you a game. In the same way in hockey, it's a game that your goalie should win you a game. It's a, You know, it's the same sort of concept. 
303-504-0925. You guys want to give me a call? You think I'm stupid for saying that? Go ahead. Quality First Service Group listener line's open for you. 303-504-0925. Quick break here back at three minutes. Again, as you look at what the Browns are going through injury-wise and what the Broncos are, the Broncos aren't totally absolved of injuries here. Like, they have a big linebacker problem right now where you don't know who's going to play at that position. Uh, they have the sort of the same suspects we were talking about before, you know, no Jerry Judy and Bradley Chubb and guys like that. But where they are healthy for the most part is the elite top end players, especially on defense. All of your secondary is healthy and ready to go. Vaughn Miller is healthy and he is going to kill somebody. That's his quote, not mine. I personally think he should drink a 7-Up and eat eat a moon pie because I guess, according to the Polk County Sheriff in Florida, that's something that stops you from murdering people. If you just chill out for a second and you do that. So I wouldn't. 7-Up, eat a moon pie, quit murdering people. I mean, that's simple. You want Von Miller to not murder people on the defensive side of the football? Give him seven up and a moon pie. I guess that solved things. But here's the situation and what the Broncos face. Again, this is a game in which if they lose tonight, you're going to have to go on a pretty miraculous run in order to keep this thing together. You drop the four losses through seven weeks. You still have all four games against the Chiefs and the Chargers. You still got teams like the Cowboys coming up. It just feels like it's going to be too much to overcome if that happens. Now, you put yourself at four and three, you start to gain what I think is really important for this team, some confidence and momentum back. Because right now what they're facing, I think, is a crisis of confidence. Vic talked about it as they were walking to the locker room at halftime of the Raiders game last week. And how many of them just looked dejected? Looked like they had no shot of coming back and winning that football game despite the fact they were down 10 points. 10 points shouldn't feel insurmountable, but it does for where this team is at right now. You get a win against a quality team, and you know what? At the end of the year, nobody's going to go back, look at the Browns game, and say, yeah, well, they had injuries here, 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 here. No. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You got to win against Cleveland on the road on a short week. And then you got Washington coming up, which I think is going to be one of your most winnable games left on the schedule. That could put you at five and three. That's the difference in the shift that we're talking about. After a game like this, not to mention you get a long week to kind of repair your bodies. Guys like Teddy Bridgewater, he gets a long week to try and get back to healthy. Uh, There's a lot of good that can come out of tonight if you end this game with a win. 
But if you lose, this could set off a, a snowball-type reaction in which I don't know if this team is capable of turning around. Which means a loss to any team on the schedule outside of Detroit is in play. And so as long as they take care of business tonight, and like I said, with the injuries that the Browns are suffering from, you look at uh, the right tackle, Jack Conklin, he's going to be out as that was announced earlier. Jedrick Wills, the left tackle, is going to be in. But the right tackle, the one that goes against Vaughn Miller, not going to play tonight. Quarterback not going to play. Two running backs not going to play. Wide receiver not going to play. This is a get-right game for the defense. And it's kind of all on them if they want to make this work or not. 303-504-0925 if you guys want in. By the way, some uh, some rumors yesterday. You got some E-Network music for me, Marty, as we talk about some uh, NFL sports rumors, please? Big news yesterday. Traveling all around surrounding uh, the Houston Texans, Miami Dolphins, and a surprise third team. Hmm. Thank you. Welcome to the E-Network. I'm your host, Brett. Tonight, in the world of Hollywood, we go to Houston, and we talk about Deshaun Watson, who's making $40 million to not play football this year. But that could change as they are reportedly in very deep conversations with the Miami Dolphins to trade Deshaun Watson to Miami. But Miami, they would not be giving to a back to Houston, which means mystery third teams involved. The rumors of who that could be. Washington and Denver. Now, Marty, cut the music. If Denver's involved in these conversations at all, they're stupid. For Even for Tua? Yes. Oh. Stupid. Do you really think that Tua is going to be a game-changing, long-term franchise quarterback? Is that what you've seen? Because here's what I've seen so far. Somebody who plays doesn't play very well. And somebody who doesn't play all that much because he's hurt a lot. That I've seen. I still am not ready to close the book on him. It depends, I guess, what you would give away for Tua. But how about this? Would you be happy if they made this trade? And look, I don't think that any of these rumors are true. Like Mike Kliss said that there's no there's no val- uh, validity to the rumors of Denver being in on this. It's more about kind of, I guess, Washington is that mystery team. But let's just say for argument's sake, the Broncos get Tua in this weird mega trade of we don't know who's going to play where. Would you feel like heading into this offseason, the Broncos quarterback problems are solved? I would feel like we have a plan because what's the plan now? Maybe see if Aaron Rodgers is ready. Like, what? what, Are they going to draft somebody? This QB class is no good. Think about the L you would take 
if you decided you were going to pass on a guy like Justin Fields, who admittedly he's not been great so far in his career, he hasn't been, but you're saying no to that, and with the evidence you've seen with Tua, you would say yes through six weeks. What would be the point? Like, has Tua had a game where you go, wow, that was impressive? I can't think of one for his career. Tua in the, what, 13 games that he's played, 12 starts that he's had. He's 7-5 and five as a starter. He's thrown for 14 touchdowns in seven picks. So he's got basically a touchdown a game. He's hurt a lot. He's missed nine games so far. He's missed nine games already in two years. That's what you want to take the shot on? That's where you want to shoot your shot? I mean, it just, it makes no sense. And by the way, Miami, they must have some grand assurance here, and I don't know how they would have this, that Deshaun Watson's not going to miss time. Like, I don't know how you would know that. I don't know how you would, like, get behind the scenes where he's going to be deposed in February and you, for some reason, have some intel that nobody else has that guarantees he's going to play again. But you don't make this trade without those assurances, right? I can't imagine the Texans have lowered their asking price all that much. There's still going to be first-round picks involved. Like, Deshaun's not getting traded for a seventh-rounder. It's not like, just get him off my roster. And that's where all of this is bizarre, and it's hard for me to even talk about. How am I supposed to discuss a quarterback going to a new team in which we don't know if that dude's going to play or not? Seems very, very bizarre to me. But that was the big rumor going around the NFL yesterday was that Deshaun Watson and Miami are basically going to get a deal done here within the next week. Could the Texans play Deshaun Watson next week? Is He's sure not on could. some list. He's nope. just coach's decision not playing, right? Well, I think still Deshaun decision. I mean, it's a mixture of coaches are deciding not to even practice him, but Deshaun is also, I think, holding fast to that I will not play for this organization ever again thing. Which again, let's read the room for a second. It's almost got some Ben Simmons vibes. I don't want to be here. Well, we don't really want you here. I, I don't know. We're trying to trade you, and we can't really find anybody who's going to take it. Except the difference being Deshaun Watson's good at his job and Ben Simmons isn't. I mean, that's a pretty big difference. And all the court cases. And those two, yes. Um, going back to the Nuggets from last night, again, it was a mixed bag of good and bad as... I thought the starting five played really well. And specifically, like, Jokic is a given. You know he's going to play well. And a couple of those shots that he made. I mean, he hit DeAndre Ayton with the Sambor shuffle, a mini version of that near the free throw line. Um, basically, when whenever Jokic misses, I'm like, how did that happen? It's really weird. Basketball is a sport in which if you hit 50% from the field, especially if you're not taking every single shot at the rim, you shoot 50%, that's pretty damn good. Jokic should, could shoot like 60%, and I'd look at the 40% that he missed and be like, how did he miss those? He doesn't miss. Never. He never misses those shots. But the starting five was great. Jokic is a given. 
Michael Porter Jr. played a complete game yesterday. If this is the dude we're going to get on a max contract, because I know the points are going to go up. He scored 15. He's going to get up in the 20s. He's just too good offensively not to. But he was distributing the basketball. He would put it on the floor and go to the hoop, which I've been waiting for for a long time. He was getting rebounds. He was playing tough defense. And I grade his defense on a curve. What's up? He didn't lose the ball going down the lane and just all of a sudden, oh, there it goes. Well, me and Marty were talking about this before the show started. It's a very minute detail here. But there was one play in which he went to the rack. And DeAndre Ayton came down and slapped him on the wrist. And we've been preconditioned when he gets hacked like that, that ball is going to roll out of bounds. He's just going to get two free throws. But instead, hangs on to the basketball, finishes, and gets an and one. Like, that little stuff is the difference that can make Michael Porter Jr. a good player into a really damn good player. And he kind of put all of it on display last night. You know, in the other one, Aaron Gordon was a monster. If this is the guy you're getting after the extension, he finished with what, 12 points? 12 points last night. That should be around the area that Aaron Gordon is. You can't get caught up that he's making 20-some million dollars a year because he's your, right now, what, fourth scoring option? Maybe fifth? But I would say fourth in that starting five? Not everybody gets 20. He's not going to. He's paid to play good defense, grab rebounds, and knock down open shots. He did that last night. And he was five of six. That's the thing. If he's taking 12 shots, that's no good. But if you're only taking between six to 10 and making five of them, that's great. Yep. That's exactly what you want. So I thought those two, and I think these are the two uh, sort of keys to what this team's going to be. And Will Barton. Will Barton played great yesterday. A couple of moments where he had some hero ball and made some stupid mistakes. But you know what? You just expect that. Um, night in, night out. That he's going to have a couple of those moments. You think Nikola Jokic is the first reigning MVP to not get a free throw attempt in the first game of the new season? God, I didn't even see that. He, I know. He was zero for zero, Brett. 22 shots, zero free throw attempts. Pretty incredible. Now, I will say this. that the The refs weren't calling all that much yesterday. Like, it wasn't, like, lopsided on one side. You know, Devin Booker didn't get to the line 15 times. I mean, the the Suns as a team only shot, what, 17 free throws? The highest on the team campaign had five? I mean, the Nuggets only had nine, but still, they kind of swallowed their whistles yesterday. And you know what? It was a nice brand of basketball to watch. Not having a whistle every two seconds. The bench is a problem. You have nobody who can score. They they are not allowed. You know what? I am making a decree right now. Benevolent dictator of sports, Brett Kane. No longer can that bench unit not have somebody from the starting five playing with it. There. It's done. That's over. And especially if you're not going to play Bones, who seems to be one of your only scoring threats off the bench. I know Jeff Green knocked down a couple of threes. Uh, P.J. Dozier played all right. But outside of that, you can't have that bench unit out there without a Barton or a Porter or a Jokic or somebody like that. Somebody's got to be able to score the basketball. A lot of people surprised that Bones Highland didn't play all that much, that uh, Austin Rivers was first off the bench. I'm not. I think Bones will eventually play, but this is what Malone does. He doesn't refuse to play rookies, but he refuses to play them early. So is it going to be like game 10 or is it going to be the first home game? What do you think? 
I think it's going to be like he might get into a game first blowout, but it's going to take probably yeah, ten games before he becomes consistent rotation kind of guy. What about Zeke? I was surprised to not see him get any minutes yesterday. Dude, he played like garbage in the preseason and in the summer league. But I thought it was because he wasn't playing with you know top tier players. That's what I thought too. But they must have thought that there was something wrong with him. Like he couldn't knock down any shots. And Zeke is in a tough spot, dude. He plays a position in which he can only really play the four. Or maybe the five. But he can't play the three. And those two positions, Marty, off the bench are reserved for the Greens. Jamichael and Jeff. They're going to get that run. And you know what? If Jeff can knock down threes like he did yesterday, he gets to play in my book. Now, Jamichael, He's very hit or miss. Like, we've seen games in which Jermichael Green has 20 points, and then we've seen games in which he goes one of nine from the field and can't do anything. So maybe they kind of stagger those guys' minutes. If Jermichael's not feeling it one day, maybe Zeke plays, but he's just in a tough spot as far as who is going to play in that spot. Uh, 303-504-0925. Also, the Avs in action tonight. And I guess we can start this with the Avs. If they repeat another performance like they did in the last couple of games, I'm not panicking, but I'd start to be a little concerned. I mentioned this yesterday, that I think the Avs have a problem right now of there's a lot of new faces on this team. Like, if you look at just the lines and the pairs, the pairings, from this year to last year, there's a lot of new faces. And a lot of those guys were role players, and those role players aren't here anymore. The Sods, the Don Scoys, the Matt Calverts, people like that. Them being gone, just knowing what you're going to get night out, uh, night in, night out from those guys, not having that anymore in your back pocket, I think it's going to take a second for it to Joe. So it's not like I'm going to panic. I think this is going to take a little bit more time for us to see what the peak of this Avs team is going to be. Uh, not to mention, McCarr still looks rusty from having no preseason. McKinnon had his first time being with the team yesterday, literally flew in and then played. Landy uh, and McKinnon haven't played together yet. Right. Landis Gog's going to be back tonight. So I think that it's going to take a second. This team will figure it out. But they need to put, a, put together a much better performance tonight than they did against Washington. And it's more defensively. Their offense had a lot of trouble, too. Don't get me wrong. But the amount of odd man rushes you gave up to, uh, against Darcy Kemper in that game against Washington and people pointing at Darcy Kemper like, this dude sucks. I wish we kept Grubauer. What is he supposed to do? He faced 18 shots in the first period, and he gave up two goals. And to me, that's a win, especially for the, the types of shots he was facing. It's way too early to judge this team on a as a whole, and it's even earlier if you're going to try and pass some sort of judgment on Darcy Kemp. He's got to get some help. Because if he doesn't, I don't care who's between the pipes. They're going to give up some goals, and it's going to look ugly. So I'm looking for all of those different things tonight as the Avs take on Florida. And by the way, you can hear, as we mentioned earlier, after the uh, Broncos game tonight, it's the No Huddle Post Game Show with Andy Lindahl. Hour free, your calls, your texts. 
presented by Man Therapy. That'll happen right after the game gets done between the Broncos and the Browns. But also, a little bit earlier before that game starts, we got pregame at 4.30 against Florida. So that game starts at 5 o'clock. Should be not wrapping up by the time the, uh, the Broncos game starts, but you'll be kind of midstream doing the uh, double, like watch one game on your laptop, one on your TV sort of thing. But pregame 4.30 right here, Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Once that coverage wraps up, uh, shortly after that should be the No Huddle Post Game Show with Andy Lindahl with the game wrapping up with the Broncos. So 303-504-0925. Last couple of minutes here. Uh, some good news. If you're paying attention to the MLB playoffs, the Braves have taken a 3-1 to lead over the Dodgers after their win last night. And Houston. I don't know how you feel about Houston. But I hate Boston. They take a 3-2 lead over the Red Sox. And I believe Houston and Boston are off tonight, right? So it's just Braves and Dodgers. Braves have a chance to clinch and go to the World Series, correct? Mm-hmm. In L.A., yep. Oh, and that'd be so beautiful. If the Braves can win this game in L.A. and make those people cry, I'm so in for it. I know Atlanta probably wants them to win back home and so they can do the dog pile on the mound and all that different stuff. No. Make Dodgers fans cry tonight, please. That's all I want. So again, the good news here, the two most hated teams, I believe, left in the MLB playoffs, both facing deficits, a big one at 3-1 for the Dodgers. you want to see Braves and the Astros? Braves, Astros, I want the Braves to win. That would be ideal. And look, if he gets to Braves, Astros, I really don't care about the result anymore. Yeah, I'll root for the Braves, but not not nearly as much as I'm doing right now for them facing the Dodgers. Again, you guys know this about me. I'm not I'm not some Astros hater. I think that they get scapegoated for something that a whole bunch of teams were doing, and then it's just the uh the cool thing to jump on the bandwagon and say, Yeah, bleep those guys. They suck. I'm not that guy. But a couple of minutes left. Some text rolling through here. 30933 is the Champ Automotive text line. Texter says, Barton was huge last night, without a doubt. He was huge. And here's the other thing. Marty, you mentioned it earlier. Texter says, I was not expecting that third quarter from the Nuggets. Did Malone work on his halftime speech? Um, third quarters were death last year for Denver. And maybe it's they been like that for a couple of years, really. Maybe they played so badly in the second quarter that they just felt motivated finally coming out of halftime. Because remember, they were down eight, I think, heading into half, but they went on an 8-0 run just to get it to eight points before the half. I don't know if they've solved the third quarters. I don't know if the second quarter is now the the new third quarter for, for Denver where they just give things up because the bench has to come in and play for a good portion of that second. That still makes me nervous. But I'm with you. I think that um, the way they came out and fought back and clawed back in that third quarter and they outscored the Suns, what was it, 34-24, got you in good position. But more than that, they shut the door. In the fourth, they only gave up 16 points. Defense was really, really good outside of one quarter last night. And you held Phoenix on opening day to less than 100 points. This Nuggets team, if they hold any team to under 100, you win. 
that's just kind of going to up 40 points in the second half. You do that to any team, you're going to win. Exactly. So again, you can watch the show live on Twitch, twitch.tv, search Altitude SR in the search bar, can watch the Altitude TV simulcast as well. 7 o'clock hour, 8 o'clock hour, 9 o'clock hour. We're giving away a pair of tickets to the Nuggets and Cavs. 7 p.m. tip for Monday. Tickets still available at nuggets.com. Keep listening to Altitude Sports Radio 92.5, Denver's official home for Nuggets basketball for more chances to win. Stick around. Mojo Lombardi and Kane coming away next. KKSCFM, HD1, Broomfield, Denver, K269AE, Boulder. You're going to catch praise from me, or you're going to catch these hands. Football hurts, man. And we're going to beat the f*** out of you. People don't like it when things suck. God, it's brutal out of here. This is Altitude Sports Radio. Yeah, let's go! I'm going to fight your face. 92.5. Elite Sportsbook is offering a $20 free bet for those who play... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.